0: You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is us, those Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. She is Sarah Stone. There are three of us today. And if uh, you're at all following along or want to follow along, uh, we, we did a little bit of an inside radio thing. Um, we, we got some new video equipment and Jeff wanted to play with it. I mean, that's, you want to, you want the truth. That's the truth. That's what was going on. So.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I we basically, you let's, want to see what play it's around. We all have a little extra time on our yeah. hands these days. So, uh, why it's not? Right? You want to see what let's it's, it's a like a when we
0: do one of these radio shows? Then, uh, just go to uh, facebook.com slash what is it? Uh, the, the golf guys double secret probation page. That's right. That's it. That's where it will be. That's where it is right now, too. If you're watching, but anyhow, uh, we're still in the era of uh, social distancing which again, we're just going to repeat ad nauseum. Golf is perfect for social distancing because golfers don't like to hang out with other people. Anyhow, that's well, why we play golf, right? We
1: like of, hanging out with people, yeah. but Hey, we got, we got, I'm in Indiana. You're in Kentucky. And Sarah is in South Florida. I think we're pretty far apart.
0: We are. We have social distanced ourselves very accurately and fine. We're going to talk about what's uh, cause different golf courses are treating this differently. Uh, Jeff, Uh, Where you're at, Timbergate uh, is doing some things. I'm sure Sarah down there at the Bears Club in Florida, they're doing some things to uh, try to alleviate this. And and around me, they've uh, done different things at different courses. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about basically anything else that comes up because we're going to be talking about golf. And we've got two of the best golf instructors in the world with us. And then um, we'll talk about anything else that comes up. Do you have any particular ideas of what you would like to talk about today, Mr. Jeff Smith?
1: Of course. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what they are, but we'll make it up as we go along, <laughs> kind of like the theme of our show, right? As we
0: always do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We're just gonna, I know one thing for sure is that um, Ben Hogan's got some new golf bags and some new golf clubs. And I promised them if they sent me a golf bag, I'd let them get on the radio and tell the world about them. And, and they did. Uh, it almost doesn't fit on a golf cart. you know it's it's kind of a big bag between
1: that and your head I'm not sure which is bigger you can get it on there
0: well that's true I've used it only once on a golf course and I'm going to have to be careful because actually when you pull this club with this bag with the clubs out of the trunk of the car it makes it look like you know what you're doing so I've got to make sure (laughs) I have to make sure that nobody watches after that point because I'll be terribly disappointed you know don't ask me for any help because I don't know I don't know what you're doing I don't even know what I'm doing But we've got a couple people here who do know what you're doing, right and or wrong. You can fix that. And we're going to let them do it when we come back. So hang out with us. We're all this weekend, Golf Guys. Please don't move. I want to talk to you about my wife. She is a critical care nurse, works four 12-hour shifts a week at the hospital. Her niece hurt. And she's tried the icy hots and the Bengays of the world only to say, yeah, I got 20 minutes of relief. That pain is right back again. So I got this bottle of stuff in the mail. This is Omax Health. It's called CryoFreeze CBD. They developed it at Omax Health. It's a non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. All right, so she rolled it on and went to work. Came back in the morning, and you know what she said to me? it works. Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryptoFreeze pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. Now, the discount also applies to anything, any product site-wide on their website. Just go to OmaxHealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND and take advantage of this incredible savings. That is O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter the code WEEKEND. You'll get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and, let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead-acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyOnBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GOLFGUYS for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more inside batteries. Again, that's RelyOnBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GOLFGUYS. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyons. Order yours today. And thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. She is Sarah Stone. Don't know where she is exactly, but it's somewhere around South Florida at the Bears Club. And it's a, the basic undisclosed location. You don't have to tell anybody.
2: Okay, there you, okay, got, like there that. you go.
1: <laughs> That's John's way of saying, "Give me your address after we get <laughs> off the air." <laughs> That's what that is.
2: Smooth. No.
1: So no, I been- here we are in the midst of all this. Nobody's really doing anything, right? Yeah. Sarah, you told me yesterday that the people down at the Bears Club are just fantastic, right? Yeah. They're taking care of their staff, even though they're not allowed to go. And, and they're making sure that they're there. What a great bunch of people that must be to work for. It's got to make you feel good.
2: Yeah, it's a special place. Uh, these times like times when uh, you start to realize the people that you work for really care about everybody from the guys working outside all the way up to the general manager they're they're doing right by everybody and we're still operational to some degree golf course is open carts are available and just people are still taking golf lessons which is great for me
1: mm. yeah that is that is um you know the the Sagamore club where i'm teaching in you know in the summer times as well um they are closed right now um, the general manager got sick Um, and the head pro is still there and the assistants are still there and whatnot. And they're, they're doing some takeout food orders and whatnot. They're not sure yet about, uh, opening up the golf course. Um, and up there, it's still, the, the weather's still a little bit sketchy. So it's, they're not losing out on much play yet. Um, but here at Timbergate, they've got the golf course wide open. And what they've done is they've shut down the building. So they've got a a window (laughs) that people are walking up and doing a walk up pay to pay to go in there, go get your golf cart and dump it off. And then they go out and wipe down the carts and do all that stuff. And they get them lined up and, they, and they're given single golf carts out and uh, they've pulled the flags all together. And they're just saying, Hey, just fire at the middle of the greens and go play golf. Great. And so people are out here. There's probably 50 people playing golf right now. Cool. So it's fun. We're, now, we're making the best of it. Right.
0: I played just a couple of days ago, The course, around here that I play at, uh, raised the cups about an inch. So you don't have yeah. to worry about putting the, the ball in the hole. Just hit the cup, pick up and, and walk on. So you don't have to touch anything that anybody else has touched. Um, still still found them very easy to miss. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, I'm told that when when something is, is elevated above the green, it's easier on the eyes and, you, and your speed mm-hmm. control tends to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I've heard that think? too. <laughs> You've heard that? <laughs> yeah. I've also heard
0: that if I could putt, I'd be dangerous which probably is very accurate description. So,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sarah, have you heard that too? Have you heard that, that when, when people are putting, they put to elevated things above the green that their, their distance control is better. Are you hearing something like that? Or is that just an old, an old pro's tale?
2: Yeah, that's, I haven't heard that. I mean, I think that's a nice thing to think about and maybe, maybe subconsciously give you a little bit better feel around the greens, but I I actually hadn't heard anything like that before, but
1: I'd heard that, and then I started to to have people just putt to water bottles and different things because, well, first, you know, you can just put those wherever there isn't a hole. If you wanted to practice something that's, you know, a couple three percent break or four percent break on it or something that you want to you want to do that, you can just go put your water bottle wherever. But it seems to me that I, I watch people do that, and and it gives them a target that seems to be larger. Well,
2: I would say know? definitely. In my opinion, it's like you're, if you're putting anything but a hole, you're not seeing – there's no fail or pass. So I think if you put a water bottle down or a cell phone or whatever it is, you don't have a history of what's going to happen when you putt towards it. So maybe that might be why that's also successful. Yeah, I've
1: That a, may be. I've got
0: a yeah. theory. The theory is that, that speed control is probably something that your body can do if your mind, conscious mind, is not very involved because your mind does the math automatically when you're looking at the hole, right? Yeah. Um, However, if you've got the hole raised or you've got a target that you don't have to be as accurate with because psychologically say, all I have to do is hit the hole. I mean, I can just brush by it maybe and I'm still going to count, right? So you don't get as involved in thinking consciously about what you're doing and you just let the natural progression of what your body does with the hand and eye coordination and you're not worrying about it. So you're probably going to get much
1: better speed because it's easier. That sounds good. It does. Doesn't it? It does. You yeah. made it sound really like you, like you knew what you were talking about there. That is I, uh, one of my talents. That's that radio guy practice stuff. Isn't right.
0: It? <laughs> <Yes>. All <laughs> right. So if you can't convince him with the facts, you baffle him with the BS that's, you know, gotten me through <laughs> life this far, man. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That works. Yeah. I can see you've been well-practiced at that.
0: <laughs> in fact, I tell people, you know, these days when you go to communications, when you go to college and get a communications degree, it's a Bachelor of Arts degree, a BS, a BA. Yeah. In okay. my day, they were honest. I got a Bachelor of Science degree in communications. It's BS. That's right. Pure BS. So there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Just I'd I, point I can see that it, you're highly skilled at that, practiced even.
0: So then what you're telling me is what I just said was total crap. You don't believe it. No. Right? <laughs>
1: okay. I didn't say that at all. Okay. I just want to make sure that you know that we think that. <laughs> gotcha. <Okay. laughs> Appreciate it. Because it's very possible that you could be onto something, but we're going to research that before we say it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't say anything that can't be proven. I understand. Right. I understand. Uh, no, I just, I just think that putting is something that people just get so tight. Oh, yeah. When they do, that when it's easier, you're not as tight. And therefore, like I said, everything just, you do it more naturally and you do it better. You don't worry about how hard am I going to hit this? Because it doesn't matter how hard you hit it, as long as you hit it hard enough to get there. Because you can bounce it off there. You can hit it so hard that it would, you know, fly over the cup if it were a regular round. But if all you have to do is hit the cup, it doesn't matter how fast it's going when it hits it. Right?
1: That's a good point. Well, there is no backboard, so we uh well, there we is have if the cups are raised actually have some skill and there are touch. if
0: the cups are raised. That's my point. If the cups are raised, there is a backboard.
2: Yeah.
1: So maybe if you uh, have some set rule like, hey, it's gotta stop within three inches after, now all of a sudden you could say, Oh, okay, so <laughs> I touched it and I didn't touch it so hard. Now you're
0: making it hard. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's got us a break, all right? Jeez.
1: Well, you know, we got to do something to make it interesting. Otherwise, you just make the game sound like it was nobody had to care about any skill. Let's just go out there and point and shoot and shoot as hard as we can. Okay.
0: (laughs) What's your point? What's what's the problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. Well, you
1: know, I'm trying to work on some skill. Even as we speak, I'm sitting here putting. Yeah, I know you are. Because I've got my little my little putt return thing I've got my little putt out and I've got my my putting mat and I'm standing here doing this and oh you know those Sarah do you know those little uh those little uh perfect putt things where that you putt out and it goes into that little hole that after it goes up this little ramp have you seen those things yeah, yeah 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 well I'm I haven't I haven't made one in the little one yet but I've <laughs> certainly made good putts but nonetheless none of them have gone into the uh into the small hole, then stops there because the ball keeps coming back.
0: You know, I think one of the things I want to talk about with both of you guys, since we're talking about putting so far, is the, you know, you look at all the new putters. In fact, Golf Magazine just had a big thing with, you know, about 127 of the latest putters, and they reviewed them all. These things, you remember that putter I had, Jeff, that you used to call my spaceship putter? Oh, yeah. That thing was hideous. Seems like everybody's going to that now. I mean, they've got not they've got hideous. everything. They got everything but GPS on these things now, you know. I mean, they're huge, and I guess we should we should probably talk about whether or not they
1: would help, because you just well, made I a think comment they help earlier. Certain people, right? There are people who like like little skinny putters like this one, mm-hmm. and there are people who like the the big fat mallet putters with different shapes. You know, that spider mm-hmm. putter from TaylorMade is a big <laughs> popular thing. Yeah, and it sits on the ground and. It, to everybody, it looks like something. You know, I don't. I don't know what you putt with, Sarah. I just, I know what I putt with, and I, I just have found that I like what I like. It looks good. It's easy to set up for me. What, where are you with that?
2: So I'm currently putting with a PXG, more of a blade looking cut. But I just, I just got back from level two David or plastic certification about two weeks ago. Right. I talked a lot about how the head shape can influence um, push or pull bias, and a lot right. of features. Set up left and kind of pull their putts, so you're seeing more mallet-looking putters because they influence more of a push bias. So I think that's why you're seeing that happen more in our market. That's my theory based huh. on what I learned from David Orr, which is kind wow. of cool, kind of well, cool that you could just influence start direction by changing putter shape.
0: Why Why don't we uh, delve into that a little more deeply when we come right back? Because that sounds like something that uh, that those of us who want to know. How can I actually sink a putt now and again? I want to know, and we'll do it when we come right back. We're all those weekend golf guys. anglers. It seems to be happening so much more often now when I play golf, but I'll get done with 18 holes, and I'll come home and, you know, sit down, relax a little bit, and suddenly I get up, and the knees hurt, and it lasts for a couple of days now. So Omax Health, one of our sponsors, has been telling me to use this CryoFreeze CBD roll-on that they've developed for pain. So I said, well, I've got some. I might as well. What the heck, huh? It's triple action pain relief roll-on, specifically formulated to block pain receptors to reduce inflammation and improve muscle and joint flexibility, which is exactly what I needed. It's a 100% natural, CBD-powered remedy. It works its magic within 10 minutes of application. That's what it said on the label, and that's actually what happened and it lasts for about eight hours at a time. It's called CryoFreeze. Go to omaxhealth.com and enter the code WEEKEND. That is o-m-a-x-health.com. Enter the code WEEKEND and you will get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. Just to give you an idea of how old I am, do you know what was cool when I was in school? A Beatles lunchbox. Today, you know what you need to be cool? You need Bomba Socks. It really isn't surprising that they're the, the mark of coolness these days. They're the most comfortable kid socks ever. Colorful. I mean, literally bursting with color. And they even have a little colorful bee on them. They're they're designed with several comfort innovations that help make them feel better than any other kid's sock ever made. And when, you know, you put them on a kid and they go, "Ooh, these feel nice. You know that they're more comfortable than anything they've ever worn before because they're actually mentioning it. Bombas donates a pair of socks for every pair purchased. So when you order some for the kids, why don't you get your own self some too? I wear them all the time playing golf, especially. The anklet type socks, they're colorful. You can get them so they match your shirt so you look really dapper. Visit Bombas.com slash weekend and get 20% off your first purchase. That is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash weekend for 20% off your purchase. com slash weekend. And welcome back. We're those weekend golf guys. I have John Ashton in, in the studio, and he is Jeff Smith in the golf cave at Timbergate. She is Sarah Stone. She lives in Florida. Normally, this time of day, she'd be out there working, teaching people how to play golf. But today, she's just like, eh, what the hell am I going to do now? So, <laughs> there you come. That's what we're all into right now, social distancing and hanging out and playing golf. We have this time. Now, you're at home. You probably should have some time because we're all bored. I, you know, you can work from home. You can call it working from home. Um, but a lot of times it's just like you know i'm I'm so bored there's only so many things you can do to keep yourself occupied, but you've got your golf clubs you've got some space, you may not have a basement, but you've got space. Putting is something that you can do on the kitchen floor and the living room floor, garage outside on the walkway. you can uh, help yourself, and we had mentioned something about. We've been talking, talking about push and pull bias. You, well, we haven't been talking about it. You just brought it up, Sarah, in the end of the last segment. And that's something that, I mean, it sounds like a good excuse for those of us who can't hit a putt. So, yeah, I
2: would, I would say if it's kind of fun to to your client, we can change technique. You're not going to work on it for more than probably 20 minutes a week. So mm-hmm. if you in this putter, have you hit a few putts, see if the bias changed, then you're spending, what, 200 bucks? And
0: so many of us would much oh. rather spend money than actually practice.
2: Yeah. I
1: So you just learned something about biases with certain kinds of putters. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know that David Orr is a genius when it comes to putting, he's really specialized and he is, he's really deep into that. And I'm, I'm not. So tell me stuff, teach me what you learned.
2: Hopefully I interpret all, this is all information I've gotten from him, which has been incredible. I found to be extremely boring and uninteresting for many of my clients. I thought if I went and learned more about it, I can inspire them to, to get out there and work on it. But, you know, David's stuff is unbelievable. I mean, the amount of time he spends working on the three-dimensional movements of the body parts, the way the putter's moving, uh, I learned a lot. I mean, the biases, push and pull bias. There's so many things that can influence it. And I think getting fit for a putter – with someone who understands that is probably going to be paramount to your putting success. I mean, how many people do you have come in the shop? And even John, you've probably done this. Oh, this putter feels good. Mm -hmm. Uh, How much is it? Perfect. Throw it in the bag. And then you have a bad round with it and you're like, all right, it's in the garage with my 12 other putters.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I was at the PGA show about uh, about three years ago now and and went to the Seymour booth and uh, we had Jim Grunberg on a few times. And um, he said, you know, John, let's just do this right now. We're going to, Here's here's my main guy. We're gonna fit you for a putter. It's fit to me,
2: yeah, quote unquote. Well,
0: but it, I still don't putt well.
2: <laughs> that's like my favorite expression. I don't know which golf pro said it, but somebody said it. Humans are messy. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. That's it. You know, and I, I just fitting and and to back to that. I just spent um three and a half hours last week or two and a half hours last week at Club Champion getting fit for a driver. Nice. All right. Very nice. And it was funny because the driver I got that worked so much better for me, according to the numbers on the track, man, was the Callaway. Maverick. Maverick. Okay. Yeah. However, he also tried me out on, on the, the Ping G410 and on the new, uh, what is it, Titleist? Is it the TS something or is that the TaylorMade? I don't know. All those companies get confusing after a while. But they tried all all the big ones. But my point was... Had I been at a store just looking at stuff off the rack and swinging stuff, the thing that looked the best, matched my eye the best, and felt the best when I swung was the ping. But of all the five drivers I tried, it was the worst as far as the numbers went. So had I just done what I normally would have done, which is buy a club based on my you know, my gut feeling, I would have had the wrong driver.
1: So are you sure that it was, was not just you putting your luck swing on some of those other ones?
0: <laughs> yes, I am.
1: <laughs> You're positive about that, right?
0: Uh, they take the two best and the two worst and they throw them out. <laughs> so there you go.
1: <laughs> but no, that's,
0: I, that's what so many of us that do that, on all clubs, man.
2: One of the things I would give people at home, which I don't I'm a big fan of these at-home tips, but... David Orr had had said that he's had a lot of success with people going back to their original putter that they had when they started golf, mm-hmm. whether it's bullseye, bullseye putter. If you have one of those in your house, get that out and start putting with that. That'll tell you a lot about your putting stroke and what's influencing the start direction, or even just getting that old trusty putter out that maybe you won your high school state championship with and mm-hmm. start rolling that again. I mean, yeah. get back to when you putted well and what was the shape of that and how'd it look and the length and, that would be my one at home tip. there you go, Jeff.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a you know that makes a lot of sense because people they learn motor patterns with certain things and and many of us, you know, we putted with a similar style putter for a long time, and we have ingrained something, mm-hmm. much like different other kinds of equipment. Let's say that john you you learned how to play golf, and your clubs were at that point three or four degrees flat. And that you had to make an adjustment from that, but you repeat that pattern so often that that is the thing that you can rely on coming out mm-hmm. and I think that's what Sarah's really saying here is to to go go to the old the old faithful right yeah go 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 back home and hang out with a good friend, you know <laughs> somebody you've known for a long time yeah and and things just get better well you know
0: Jeff you and I have had the conversation repeatedly about uh how alignment is so difficult for amateur golfers to to do correctly do you think that maybe all these new high-tech gizmos that are designed to make it easier to align are really screwing us up because it's Mm. taking away the need to learn how to align ourselves with our eyes and body and all that kind of stuff
1: look that's a a, and i could go right back at you and say maybe they're the things that are teaching you how to align so I, i think there's two sides to that coin Um, you know, if, if there's nothing there, you may have to work harder, but what if you never get it right? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I teach in putting an awful lot after green reading and choose however you do it, I, I use aim point, but nonetheless, however you choose to say, I need to set up and start here. And this is where I, I want my ball to begin. What if you can't aim yourself to that spot? And maybe that's why you're fussing around with having 50 different putters in the garage, um, and you can't figure out which one because none of them really helped you get it so that you could align yourself to what you think you were aligned to. I think there's stuff to be said about that. So I think that finding the one that, that gets you there, whether you have something that is as, as simple as like the one that I've got in my hand here. I've just got white down the shaft and white on the, on the toe here. And it's all that is white and everything else is black. It just looks to me like it's hard to, for me to mess this up. To me, there's an obvious view mm-hmm. of where my putter is facing. But maybe some putters need, some people need more stuff to give them that obvious view. Yeah. So maybe it's one where you've got to work at it and train yourself to do it when you didn't have help. And sometimes they're the ones that make it so helpful that you don't, that you can't mess it up. And then you learn from there. So I think it could go both ways. Okay. Sarah, you got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, alignment and aim, I think, are two different things. But with putting, definitely, I'm 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 one of those coaches that's like, it's your turn. So, John, if we use lines on your putter, but no line on the ball, maybe we line on a putter, line on the ball. And then we do no line on the putter, no line on the ball. And same 10-foot putt and just kind of go through where you're having the most success feeling like you can send it on the line that you're choosing. Hmm. And then eliminate the variables instead of forcing them to make, make them work, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. It yeah. does. But, you know, it also necessitates two things that a lot of us won't do for one reason or another. And that is take a lesson and the other is practice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Time
2: now indoors. I mean, this would be a great time to work on a line on yeah. a ball, a line on your putter. And then and then just start pulling them out, lining them up, get different balls. And even fit yourself for a golf ball right now. Right, Jeff? I mean, putting is the best way to figure out what kind of ball you should be using to play golf mm-hmm. with.
1: Yeah, that one and the short pitches. I like the, I like putting in short pitches for that a lot because, you know, feel is an awful lot in, in putting and, you know, sound has an effect on it and what it feels like coming off the head and it helps you with your speed control. And, and there are some balls out there that, that I have played various ones or another. One of them just felt too soft, you know, and they sell a lot of these golf balls out there. And to me, I just couldn't get the handle on on what that was. And I could never hit it the right distance because I got used to another ball and it had a certain amount of feel to it in terms of how hard or how soft that ball felt. Once I got one that was just off that, I just couldn't feel like I was hitting at the right speed no matter what green I was on. And so I stopped playing that ball. Yeah,
2: people are always surprised when I'm like, they ask about ball fitting. What ball do I play? I'm I'm a woman. What ball do I play? I, I swing it only seventy. I'm like, no, no, no. Go out on the putting green, take like six balls, different balls, give yourself a ten foot putt, and start rolling them, and you'll start to eliminate. Some feel harder, like to your point, Jeff. Some feel softer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that, John? Pulled around with putting and different balls to figure nope. out. Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, John's I've, I've done that know. because he doesn't have two of the same golf balls in his <laughs> bag. So.
2: <laughs> <That's... laughs> I feel like my we... students are like, "Here's seven balls from my bag. My husband gave them to me yesterday <laughs> out of the garage. He says it doesn't matter what ball I use." Uh-huh. I'm like,
1: "Well, <laughs> yeah." You know, we used yeah. to just have statements like, "Well, if it's white and round, it works." But now we don't even have. We don't even talk about the white part.
0: That is another thing that the the amateur or recreational golfer is going to do. I don't want to say incorrectly, but not perfectly is is you know the ball they play is the one that was on sale at Dick's last week. You walk in and you get three dozen golf balls for twelve ninety nine. That's probably not the best ball to play. You <laughs> well, know,
1: you never know. You know, it depends on your your viewpoint on golf. If you're the casual golfer mm-hmm. and you're not going to take golf lessons and you're going to spray the ball every place, you're looking mm-hmm. at it purely from the financial end going, you know, I don't feel yeah. like losing $3 every time I hit a ball.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: I just think that if you're, if, if you take a couple lessons and learn to hit the ball in play, mm-hmm. then start playing a better ball because then it will make a big effect on your, on your game.
0: Yeah. And then it but becomes it's the a, ones that cycle keep of curving the ball
1: so far out of play, yeah. John, that <laughs> I know that you, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. Did I, I say that out loud? You did again,
0: again, again, and, yeah, again and again, and again, I don't know, Sarah. Um, we're looking for a new hey, co-host. That, if on, you're available, I, let me know, okay? It's, yep. What I'm going to do is just not make fun of me quite as much. She just said she heard <laughs> too many stories from Jeff. She couldn't do that either. Okay. Just to recap, putting is a good way to check out and see what kind of ball you like. Putting is also something that you need to, A, take a lesson or two and practice.
2: I'm
1: surprised, John, that you've actually learned how to say the word practice after years and years of the stuttering when that kid tried to come out.
0: I know, man. I've been practicing
1: saying practice.
0: I got it down. Any day now, I'm going to start doing it. I'm pretty sure. Nice work. (laughs) Hang out with us. Don't you move. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and, let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead-acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyOnBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code, GolfGuys, for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more inside batteries. Again, that's RelyOnBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Reliance. Order yours today. And welcome back to those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith, Timbergate Golf Course in the Golf Cave. Sarah Stone from the Bears Club, somewhere south of Florida, just kind of hanging out, trying to be healthy and alone and uh, distant from everyone else, which is what we have to do to be healthy, they tell us. Although I think being outside on a golf course is not really bad, especially if you're all by yourself. But most of us are kind of paranoid. We want to stay inside. But that does not mean we have to
1: give up on our golf game. Please tell me. No. Okay. There's always something you can do, right? I don't care what kind of thing you are. If you're a golfer or a wannabe golfer, there's always something that you can do. I'm standing here in the, in the golf cave. I got my putter, you know, and I, I've got a place to putt to. I can always start that way. You know, the simplest things from, you know, a lot of times people have kitchen or bathroom floors where they've got tile. Mm-hmm. And if you can putt on the tile floor, put the ball in the grout lines, try to just roll a ball a certain distance and mm-hmm. then keep it within the grout lines, that's a challenge in and of itself for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's really simple. You can start there. And you know you can do all kinds of different things. I know Sarah; she's a great teacher. You know, thinks a lot about the game and has come up with all kinds of creative stuff. You know, for for doing it indoors, Sarah. There's all kinds of things that you use. Give people something that they could do in the confines of their own home because they're stuck.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, the club face is the most. I think for iron play in particular, the club face is the CEO. So. Awareness too, when you put your hands on there, and then maybe set it down on a tile floor like you're talking about, and see where the face is in relationship to the line on the ground. Uh, put it up against a side of your bar, your bar, or your counter. Push against it and see what happens when you go to impact. Is it opening? Is it closing? Based on how you're holding it. Putting your hands on golf clubs on and off and trying different ways. Like do you put it on perpendicular, Do you put it on in an angle. What does that change? What does that feel like? What goes on with the club face when you're holding on to it?
1: I like the fact that you're talking about the thing that makes the golf ball go where it goes right off the bat. Not this swing drill or that swing drill, but you're talking about what matters to the golf ball the absolute most. And John, I know that you and I have had these conversations an awful lot. You know, they usually start with, why is my ball curving over there? Mm -hmm. And then I have to talk about this Mm -hmm. and you get tired of it. Sarah brings that up first thing.
0: First thing. And she referred to it as the CEO. Yeah. It's almost like you it's know, important I, or something.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I just find it to be pretty interesting. First thing she says is the thing you hear out of me a lot about how to solve your issues.
2: Uh-huh. Club, club face, face
1: control. Mm-hmm. You know, hands are on the club. What are they doing with it? You know, checking your grip versus your club face to know where that is, but to actually be able to check, is it? cocked off sideways or is it not? Can you look at it? You know, can you look at the lines that are in the club face? If you held your club out and you stuck it all out there and your wrists and arms were at full extension out like that, you'd look at it and go, where the heck are the lines on my face? Mm -hmm. And some people they've got it cocked in a little bit and some people have it cocked out a little bit and you know that's going to influence their golf swing mm-hmm. you know certainly an open club face position where it's cocked away from you a little bit and and certainly that's going to make you do certain things to get the club back to square and and certain things if the club face is say closed a little bit it's going to make you do some other things to make you get the club face a little bit straighter at impact so we know that that has an influence first thing sarah says john is about what i've been talking to you about isn't that interesting it's almost like i called her on the phone and said <laughs> hey sarah <laughs> Why do we do that?
2: Uh, well, I think that too often people are like so married to like a certain position and then they, then the, they hit balls. Whereas now we have an opportunity to be creative. You know, John, you can grab your seven iron and be like, Oh, if I put my hands on like this, what happens? What if I move it into my palms? What happens? What if I put it in my fingers? How many people experiment with different grips? Probably, you know. I mean, besides golf nerds like me and Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> but wing, what it looks like when you when you put it in your fingers versus your palm and take it to the top and look. I mean, a lot of the pictures that we see are related to how those hands are hanging onto that grip.
0: We have ways now that you can actually watch yourself do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we you do. Can, you can set up your your smartphone and take pictures of yourself, look at yourself in the mirror or whatever.
1: You could do different grips. You know, people go, oh, I like my interlock grip. Mm-hmm. And, and that does things to your hands. It makes them move both more underneath the shaft to get the, the fingers more interlocked because nobody really interlocks the tips. Mm-hmm. They interlock the whole thing and they get it under there and both hands move underneath the club. And, and then there's one where they, they go, okay, well, I'm going to overlap. But then they, they act like if you put all the fingers on the club, now they act like you're crazy going, oh my gosh, 10 fingers on the club. What does that make you do? That's, they, they say that's for the weak people. That's for the old ladies and the old men and the kids. And they act like that's the only thing. But the truth is, is that there's also another one that I give people sometimes and let them experiment with it is do a reverse overlap, slide the hands together and get the lead hand, the left hand for the right hand golfers. That one, get that off the club and kind of cover the, And And what I find out is that people can sense if they're very right hand dominant, this reverse overlap grip actually helps them hit the ball harder. Hmm. It's really interesting because their power hand, so to speak, yeah. is the one that's really now I've given it even more control because I haven't done anything different with the fingers. I've put them all on there and I let people test that out. And what a great time to try that! Yeah. You know, if you can test something like that and go, wow, I can really make a swing and it doesn't feel so awful, you know, you don't have to go anywhere to hit a golf ball and then go chase it or, or go play it where you'll actually give it a a little bit more of a chance because you're in an experimental stage and you already know it because one you're, at home and, you know, you're either banging balls into a, a hanging blanket that you've got, you know, in your garage or something to stop mm-hmm. a golf ball, or you've gone online and you've bought yourself a, a net and you're going to pound balls, but you don't have to go chase it and you don't have to score off it. So you're more willing at that point to try something a little bit different, whether it be putting all the fingers on or a reverse overlap type, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll find out right away what can you really perform well with? What I have feels to try good. that
0: because, you know, I have to do the 10 fingers because of an early accident with breaking a, a finger. I cannot overlap or interlock because it hurts swinging, but I might have to try that, uh, that other thing you were doing there.
1: Just the other day, I was talking to uh, another friend of the show. He likes to put out a bunch of videos for people on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot about, you know, one drill or one thing you can do or another. But the truth is we were talking about not those things. We were talking about how to really get somebody to be better at home and, and really one of the things that, that Sarah and I have talked about this as well is find something that you can succeed with and then find your way of practicing just that. You know, for example, I'm just sitting here putting. What if you're lousy at putting, John? Let's just say. What if?
0: Yes. You're, what if? You're right.
1: What if, what if all of a sudden you just weren't as good as what you wanted to be and, and you needed some control over where you were aiming? Wouldn't you just be better off at throwing some quarters or some dimes on the floor and learning to aim at those and putt to those. So then you'd be working on a whole bunch of good stuff at the time, like, hey, can I aim where I think I'm aimed? Mm-hmm. It's always a good thing, right?
0: It is.
3: Can I
1: stand over it? Can I deliver this putter and, and have the face pointed where I think it ought to be to see whether my ball goes straight or not? That's a pretty important thing to know because you're building confidence. Right. That's something you could practice mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything special. It just has to be consistent yeah. enough to train yourself. If you've done something.
0: And getting back to Sarah's point, too, if you wanted to check clubhead and stuff, go back to something that you said a couple of years ago was ping pong balls inside.
1: Yeah, because they don't hurt anything. Mm-mm, but they
0: will you know, go have, exactly where the clubhead
1: tells them to go. So you can, they, they do. You, yeah, you, you can know, check it that way. I love ping pong balls because you can hit them. It's, it's white. It's close to the size of a golf ball. You look down at it and you feel like you're actually swinging and hitting something. And if anything breaks, it'll be the ping pong ball. But right. it won't be your television and it won't be your lamp. Yeah. And it's not going to be that picture window. And it's not going to be anything hanging on the walls that you're going to knock down because it's a ping pong ball. Right. So, John, that's, uh, I'm glad you, uh, you took me up on that a couple of years ago when I started talking about mm-hmm. that because it probably saved your marriage because of that. Because I think <laughs> that that last place you lived in and all the dimples in the walls yeah, it, were probably getting to your wife.
0: It yeah, yeah, it was that lamp I broke that she was really upset about.
1: Was it her mother's? She liked that. Was that, lamp. Those, <laughs> was that a Was that one of those family heirlooms? No, it was not he an was heirloom.
0: No, luckily for me, it was just, you know, something she overpaid at Target for, but you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sarah, give me something else. Somebody one of your favorite things. Give me something that you really would love to see people do while they're at home stuck in the...
2: Um, Well, one, going back to grip, which is I'm always a big fan of, uh, working on grip pressure. And I think the biggest misconception is that you need light grip pressure throughout the entire golf swing. You know, like holding a baby bird or whatever expression. Work on like a 10 and then go into a 2 and then maybe go into a 1. I think... Just making, and I—I I know I'm harping on the hands, but they control the CEO. So if you know what the feel of holding that golf club is, which is what a perfect time to do right now. I mean, especially without a golf ball in your hand mm-hmm. and it's Netflix binging. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I think, I mean, don't you think that, Jeff? I think people think that the grip pressure needs to be light in the entire golf swing. And it's really not. It's, it's kind of changing throughout it. I mean, how you're stabilizing it at the top, what you're doing at the beginning. Right. That's a big misconception. And it really has a lot of effect on your ability to um, move your wrists around a lot, which... Also, people think you're not supposed to use in the golf swing.
1: Right, but you know, here's the the truth of all that is is what you said. You you've got to feel what you can do, right, with certain grip pressures, right? If you had it on a on a ten of a ten scale, John, think about that. Your your wrists wouldn't work very well because you've got everything so tight right. that they have to be on there firm enough to control and soft enough to move freely. And also provide some power. So, you know, you've got to figure out what's the grip pressure that you can sense and that you can feel that can get all that done, you know, and and maybe it's a six on a 10 scale. And maybe you sense Sarah that maybe it's a four on a 10 scale, or maybe you sense that one of them's stronger than the other. You're you're too strong with the lead hand, the left hand, and all of a sudden the trail hand can't send the club head down to the golf ball fast enough because maybe the lead hand's a little too tight. So, John, maybe you've got an eight on the left hand and maybe a three on the right hand. And maybe you ought to go down to a six on the left hand and maybe increase that right hand to a four. And maybe that club head will get around the corner there a little faster, mm-hmm. get that club face a little square.
0: Maybe you should just like swing a club differently and see which way makes the ball go straight. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) Even with with putting, I would say that too, going back to um, Jeff's point, is when you throw down the quarters, putt with your left hand, putt with your right hand, and see which one is delivering the ball maybe on a straighter line, and then realize that one of those is working more than the other Mm -hmm. and learning how to control So left hand delivers delivers it on the line, and then right hand, and now you got it matched up. That's probably the only part of golf that I would say you'd want right and left to be very matched up. Would you agree, Jeff?
1: I would because you know it's such a precise motion. You know we're talking about small motions and small degrees of the face of the club, and we're trying to get this thing into a hole. And we're not trying to hit it far here. We're trying to be exact about things. So. I think if one was more dominant than the other, I think you're going to have some trouble with matching up the club face with where it needs to be matched up to at the point it touches the ball. I
0: was talking to a guy the other day who said that he doesn't even mess around anymore when teaching putting. When he's got a beginner, he starts them out with a left hand low. You guys into that at all?
1: You know, I've seen left-hand low putting for a little while. Personally, I can't handle that myself mm-hmm. as a as a golfer. It's just too foreign for me. Yeah. But I could understand how that could work for some people, but it makes them awfully draggy as they they kind of dragging that putter and I'm not so sure that that may or may not be the best, but I could see that as a beginner Teaching someone a way to control the distance and, and control the club face at the same time, I could see that that could be helpful, mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure as that player progresses where that's going to be the best thing for them.
2: I would also add to this, John, like this is another thing you can do at home. Get in front of a full length mirror, grab your putter, and mess around with left hand low, claw, and then regular, whatever you want to call it, and see what that changes because it changes a lot of your shoulder tilt. It can change like how you look over the ball, it can change where your head position is. So I think. Just saying like, oh, we should always be left-hand low if you're new to golf, it changes a lot. So mm. I would say that would be something you could do too, is, is experiment. I mean, what else are we going to do with our time? Like, yeah, go, exactly. okay, I'm going to go left-hand low and look at where's my spine angle in relationship to the golf ball? Where's my head? Where are my eyes? Does that make me putt straighter? Okay, yeah. good. No, it doesn't. Next thing.
0: One oh, tip putt- I got from Jeff that helped so much, we were putting in the in the studio one day and he said, just stick your butt out a little further and it went straighter. <laughs> I'm not sure of the It his
2: spine angle.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It spine angle, changed all the silks changed everything. Yeah. Just yeah. get him to, you know, just move his rear end out a little yeah. bit. I had Next a clinic, you know, with, had a clinic with
2: ladies, and I asked them all where the cutting stroke was coming from. One of my ladies was like, my glutes. And I was like, all right, well... Can you point to that area of your body? Maybe you know she's naming the wrong body part, and she said it was coming from her butt. (laughs) Okay,
0: Okay. (laughs) you need to pay attention too, because these people are smart, and they just told you some things to do while you're at home that's going to make your golf game better when you get back outside. So pay attention and do what they say, and then practice it a little bit. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. It seems to be happening so much more often now when I play golf, but I'll get done with 18 holes, and I'll come home and, you know, sit down, relax a little bit, and suddenly I get up and the knees hurt, and it lasts for a couple of days now. So, Omax Health, one of our sponsors, has been telling me to use this cryofreeze CBD roll-on that they've developed for pain. So I said, well, I've got some. I might as well. What the heck, huh? It's triple action pain relief roll on, specifically formulated to block pain receptors to reduce inflammation and improve muscle and joint flexibility, which is exactly what I needed. It's a 100% natural CBD powered remedy. It works its magic within 10 minutes of application. That's what it said on the label. And that's actually what happened and it lasts for about eight hours at a time. It's called CryoFreeze. Go to omaxhealth.com and enter the code WEEKEND. That is o-m-a-x-health.com. Enter the code WEEKEND and you will get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. All right. A few moments left. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. She is Sarah Stone. We're at different places together at the same time. Great. Through the magic of miraculous electronics, playing golf. All of us are still playing. you got to keep, as long as they don't come out and say, hey, stay home. Don't go out. I mean, a golf course is a pretty safe place. They're doing one cart to a person or one person to a cart, mm-hmm. right? They're doing, you don't have to touch the flag sticks anymore, you
1: know. Just get outside. It's outside. Hit walls. Exactly. What a great time to just go and show up and and go work on your short game.
0: Or any game. Just go practice. (laughs) Any part of the game, practice. Here's that word again, rearing its ugly head. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Go practice. Yes, go practice. And these fine folks are all available for lessons. I'm sure that the the pro at your place, you stay six feet away, be more than happy to uh, help you out with whatever ails you, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: For the most part, they will. They're not going to help guys with mustaches, though.
0: They're nice people, though, except for Jeff. I'm not doing it. But most golf, golf teachers are very nice people. And Sarah, I'm sure you probably even you, – you won't laugh in front of anybody.
2: Well, I like to have laughs in my
0: lessons. Right. But, I mean, you don't laugh at them. You'll laugh next to them,
1: right? No, no. She does this. <laughs> right. Turn around. <laughs> and then she comes back. <laughs> That's what that is. That's exactly the way it is. No. But see, this,
0: and this has been my point. We've discussed this before. Is a lot of us don't take lessons for the same reason we don't go to gyms, because we're not in good enough shape to go to a gym. And we don't feel we play good enough. I mean, a lot of people would be embarrassed to swing a club in front of someone the caliber of you or Jeff, Sarah. You got to admit that.
2: I, I would. I mean, I, I think I always tell my students, there's nothing that they're going to do in front of me I haven't seen before. And mm-hmm. if they do, I'll just have a really good story to tell at dinner later. <laughs> <laughs> I usually catch them at you pretty quickly. Yeah.
1: You know, I say something similar. It's the fact that I do a radio show with a guy named John, and I can tell you that I have seen everything on the planet now.
0: So, whatever you do, it's nothing worse than what John has done.
1: It's like having that invisible friend out there, you know, when you need to refer to him for something. It's like it's great. And then, you know, and then what happens, they listen to the show. Mm hmm. And yep. now they understand what I'm saying. <laughs> they do, yes. And they go, Wow. Yes. That's a John shot. I'm like, No, 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 it's really not. Yeah. It's much better <laughs> than that.
0: <laughs> and then and then someone who listens to the show, Wise I Played with me, they go, You know, you're not half as bad as Jeff says you are. <laughs> okay. I think I appreciate that. Listen, check us out at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. And uh, we're going to start doing some of this video behind-the-scenes thing because this was kind of fun, I thought, you know. And we will be doing that uh, at facebook.com slash golfguys. And um, so, listen, you know, distance yourself, but get outdoors. Stay safe. Stay healthy. But still, go play some golf. Our bonus content this week comes from March of 2018. Uh, remember back when Jeff helped explain how to accurately use our 8 9 and pitching wedge, the short irons. Hey, it's us, Those Weekend Golf Guys. Back again, John Ashton in studio, along with intrepid producer Mark Hunter, Jeff Smith, uh, on his way to one of many golf caves that he has. I mean, this guy just has a, an embarrassment of golf cave riches. <laughs> He's everywhere. But uh, on the way back to Columbus, Indiana, after gallivanting throughout the southeast, Uh, And still didn't get any good weather, but he's been throughout the southeast from Boca Raton up to uh, somewhere in Kingsport, Virginia, Kings Mills, Kings Landing. Kings
3: Mill Resort in Williamsburg, Virginia, as in like Colonial Williamsburg.
0: Uh, That's right. Kings Landing's in Westeros, not in Virginia. I don't have HBO. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, here we go. We have said (laughs) that this is the season to break eighty. I don't care how old you are or aren't. I don't care how long you have or have not been playing golf. We are going to tell you what you need to do to break 80. And one of the things you need to do is become totally conversant with and expert at using your short irons. Now, I'm not talking wedges. Uh, wedges is a totally different animal that we have discussed uh, ad nauseam for a long time. And we, we will get back to them. Maybe even in the next segment when we run out of other things to talk about. But what I want to talk about is the shorter irons, the nines, the eights, the sevens. Does the six count as a short iron or a mid iron?
3: No, that's a mid iron. Okay. Seven sixes and fives are mid irons.
0: Okay, so we're talking eight, fives and nine. Are kind of
3: long irons too, right? There's a blend. right? Yeah, eight and nine. Yes, yeah. so. eight and nine. Don't forget. Hey, don't forget the P.
0: Oh, the P. Right? That's right. They may the call P, it a wedge, you know? but it's more a short iron, and it is a wedge wedge.
3: Yeah. And, and the reason is, is because most of the time you're using it, really is not necessarily around the greens. Right. You know, it's it's more of a, a fuller swing kind of a shot.
0: Yeah, you're 50, that, 40 yards.
3: Where three. most people are using it. Yeah, and the reason is because they've cranked the loss on all these clubs so that they're <laughs> they're really full swing clubs. I mean, how far do you hit your P right now, John? If you, if you made a full swing, you hit that thing 120, 100, 125 yards.
0: I, I use it for about 115 to 120, yeah.
3: So that, that's what I'm getting at is yeah. so you talk about distances from, say, we're talking about like 140 yards yep. to 90 yards is really kind of where we're talking about. Yeah. That's a range where an awful lot of people have to get really good. The problem is, is that they, they don't spend any time, you know, say, repeating it uh, at, a, at a good level where they, they make areas of, of a golf course property that you could go spend time doing that over and over again. So that you could kind of perfect things mm-hmm. and um, they, they do those these things, and they, they have them most golf courses have these places, and most people they 'll show up and they 'll put a basket down and they 'll they'll drop, drop some balls on the ground and they 'll and they'll, they'll hit those irons and' they'll, so relatively short distances you know and and
0: they get some target practice mm-hmm. Those are called practice areas, are they not? <laughs>
3: I think it is. I think it's one of those Where things you those? that you could you could do that.
2: I think it's one of those things those, that John? we could
3: extol the virtues of those.
0: We could. I am no longer I no longer fear the word practice. He still have which there you go. Which, which is a first step.
3: But he doesn't fear the word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're making right. progress. Out right? of those twelve step right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's We're on step two. <laughs> Just learn how to spell Twelve it step. Step, program. Yeah. step three find where it is <laughs> you know you, you have magical techniques to um, to quickly get the hang of most every club in the bag any, any real clever um, magical easy to follow you know with 27 cents worth of stuff you already have in the junk drawer drills to uh, to get your shorter irons working better
3: you know, there's a lot of stuff that I do with people with their short irons, and most of the things that that I find out people are really messing up their short iron play is this basic concept that they have of, oh, it's a short iron, therefore I need to play the ball back in my stance.
0: Yeah, yep.
3: and the next thing you know, they're they're sitting there, the ball's back, the hands are way to the to the you know the front leg, and all of a sudden the shaft is leaning so far forward, de lofting the club, but it's also opening up the face. Because when you push a handle that far out in front of the face of the club, it tends to point the face to the, away from you. So people are hitting shots, and then they wind up coming down on top of them and shanking and hitting terrible golf shots because of awful ball position. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me how yeah. that thought that has permeated golfers for a long time, there's this big spectrum of where they should put their golf ball. Well, Jeff, and they always exaggerated everything.
0: Jeff, even today, I mean, I have seen videos in the past week with instructors, bona fide golf instructors, counseling people to do it that way.
3: Yeah. What What interests me is, is if the context of the suggestion is to hit the ball lower or is it to hit a bump and run shot or is it to make a full swing shot out of it. And so, because, you know, what you're trying to do at that point is very different from one thing to the next. For example, if I'm trying to hit a full swing shot, my ball, if I have a P in my hand or a 9-9 in my hand, my ball, the back of the golf ball, will not be right of center. It'll be much like what we talked about, where you stand there and put your feet together, or I mean, Mm -hmm. put your feet in the same place and make a bunch of swings. You'll find out your club first starts touching the ground, you know, right there at middle. Right and then they'll put the bottom of the ball there, and then the back of the ball is more exposed to the club. And if you can sit there and make swing after swing after swing and realize where the, the, the entry point into the ground is, you'll find out it's not right of center. It's not back of center. Yeah. And all they're trying to do then is get people to hit the ball lower, and it'll go further right unless, of course, they twist the club further left, in which case they can hit it lower and a little farther but the trouble is, is that if they continue to do that, they're going to have humongous gaps in their game.
0: Yeah, you don't want to panic. The yardage that you play, yeah. And when you get, the yardage that you play is yeah. different. Yeah, when, when you get to, you know, if I get to 140, 130, 120 yards, not a problem. That's, that's a full shot, whether you 8 or a 9 or a, or a peak. But yeah, my problems are when I get to, like, 80 yards, 60 yards. You know then they go, uh oh you know <laughs> yeah, th- yeah this, this this could prove problematic you have to hit it far enough to get it to the green, yet you don't want to hit it so hard that it it rolls through or over or past, or you don't know, lo and behold you the you don't want to embarrass yourself by hitting it short again
3: <laughs> yeah, go that's on. it right there is is people are avoiding certain shots Mm-hmm. because they're they're wanting to avoid the embarrassment and the, the psychological damage of of leaving it short. Mm-hmm. And that's where I send people to the range to figure out ball position and how hard they're hitting something and kind of sense, is this a three-quarter swing that I'm still hitting hard, or is this a full swing, or is this, say, half a swing on the way back and full on the way through? How far is this, this thing going to go? And then you can kind of figure it out and... And go. All right. So let's say if I've got a half a swing, but a a full full all the way through, and I do this with a nine iron, how far is that thing going to go? And they'll find out. They're like, Oh, well, that goes about eighty yards. As my full swing nine iron goes about one hundred and thirty. But when I do about a half swing um, nine iron, I can get about eighty yards out of the thing. And then it penetrates into the wind. And then they go, Oh, I got a whole new shot here. Yeah. That's the that's the key.
0: Yeah. Too many people try to a little bit try to try to keep when you when you get to like 80 or 70 yards try to do one of those low nice arc to it and have it hit in front of the of the green and bounce on and roll up um, but you either one of two scenarios happen is you hit it wrong and it goes <laughs> or you hit it perfectly the way you should hit a chip <laughs> and it hits the fairway in front of the green and checks up <laughs> so, yeah. Now, why couldn't I hit that shot a little closer? It would have been perfect. So,
3: and that's where I have people practice those shots, John. There's that word again. I want to know how far they fly. Wait. Okay. <laughs> I want to know how far they fly.
0: Do you have anything to govern where your arms go? Any little doohickey you can wear that you know, in the backswing, your arm hits and can't go any further, so you can get the feel for a three-quarter swing.
3: I'll tell you what you can do, you don't even have to wear it, because you're already kind of wearing it anyway. It's your shirt. Uh Can you imagine, right at your armpit, you gather up the sleeve and the extra material uh, that's next next to your body, and then you kind of clamp down on that extra material with your arm, so it kind of traps it into your armpit. Uh You do that on both sides, and then you make a swing feeling like you kept that that material bunched up there under your armpit mm-hmm. next thing you know your swing is shorter your arms are more connected to your body so to speak and not letting them fly all over the place thus the club flying all over the place so let's just make sure that you uh, that you do that so just you know you kind of put your hand up near your armpit a little bit and kind of gather up the extra material you know and kind of bunch it up, scrunch it up a little bit, and then stick your arm down and clamp on top of it and then hit the shot. Keeping that thought that you've, you've trapped all that material in there, you'd be surprised at how good a, a half-shot player you can be.
0: Hmm. See? Again, yeah. don't go out and buy anything fancy-schmancy. Be smart. Alright, we're going to be yeah. real smart. we got uh, some more tips and techniques to make sure that you start early on your road to breaking 80 this season. When we come right back, we're all those weekend golf guys. Don't move. Once you follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golfguys, you will get alerts every time we go live. And we're doing it every couple weeks. Facebook.com slash golf guys.